Good morning, everyone. Once again, we're in that book of Hebrews, chapter 3. And man, we spent, we spent some considerable time in verse 1, have we not, of chapter 3? All the different messages there, the, 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 the depth of the word that goes from wherefore, the depth of the word where the writer calls us holy brethren, partakers, members of the, of, of, of the heavenly calling, those who are God's elect, God's chosen. Those were all different messages at one time. I think we're, I think in this one chapter alone, we're on our uh, third or fourth message at least. And I could probably go through that verse one and give you another message, but our last message was all about considering the apostle, the messenger, considering Christ Jesus. Remember, we looked at that that way. Consider the. Christ Jesus, that's who we're talking about, who is our profession. We profess that he is the messenger and the message. That's what Apostle and High Priest we brought from that. And part of that, and not only is he called by those names, we looked in Matthew uh, last week, uh, a week ago Friday, the different names that we could use to describe Christ. I like what Jamie had, had added to that conversation. Jamie said, well, we could, we could just call him everything, couldn't we? I mean, is he not our all in all? Absolutely. And I don't know if I quoted her exactly perfect, but that's what she was insinuating. That's what she was stating. And she's absolutely right. We could, we could come up, we could spend from now until God takes us out of this world just looking at that subject alone, the names that we could apply to our God. And, and faithfulness is absolutely one of those names. Faithful? Absolutely. Look at verse 2 with me, if you would. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 2. Who was faithful. Now remember, we take that in consideration with what we just did a moment ago. Consider the messenger and the message of our profession, Christ Jesus. Consider him who was faithful to him that appointed him. I want to stop there for just a moment. Turn over to John chapter 17. I know we've looked at this verse a lot lately, but this is so important. It goes so well with what we're, what we're talking about here. We cannot help but read these first uh, four or five verses and, and see where the Lord was sent of God. Actually, Actually, let's go over to uh, um, let's go over to 15. John chapter 17, verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them, speaking of God's people, because that's what this is. This entire chapter, 17 all the way through 18, it's the Lord Jesus in the garden praying what I do, what I refer to as the Lord's prayer for His people. So He's he says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, as thou hast sent me. This is what we're talking about here. We're talking about the one who was faithful to the one. He was faithful to him. Remember, you can look back if you want at uh, Hebrews 2. This one that we want you to consider, this one Jesus Christ, the apostle and high priest of our oppression, 
our profession, who was faithful to him that appointed him, that, that, that sent him, that chose him. As thou hast sent me, back in our, back in our uh, other text there, John 17, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Uh, verse 6 I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world thine they were and thou gavest me them and they have kept thy word now they have known that all things whatsoever hast thou given me are of thee for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me and they have received them and have known surely that I came out of thee that they may believe that thou didst send me so we see here this is this is the one who sent his son. He sent his son to become flesh for you and I. This is the one who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is Jehovah's faithful servant, as we just read, who was faithful to him that appointed him. The Jews, they esteem Moses right up there with Abraham. I mean, when you read the Old Testament scriptures, when, when they would gather together, and that's all they had at that time to read. I can imagine that the scrolls were worn out at the, at the book of Moses, where Moses at, at the book of Exodus, where Moses uh, led the people out of, out of their uh, bondage to Egypt. I, I would imagine that would be like Romans. Or, or Isaiah to you and I. Uh, it, I bet it was worn out quite a bit. So Moses was held in high esteem. It, it, it's almost kind of like we can look at some of the Lord's ministers throughout time and hold them in high esteem. Don Fortner, Henry Mahan, Charles Spurgeon, many others that, that I could go on and name that the Lord's had throughout time. The Jews esteemed him, Moses, quite highly, and as the servant of God, by whom the law was given at Mount Sinai. But folks, I'm telling you, Moses was just a man. I kind of I wonder about this for just a moment, because God help us. Lord help you and I never raise a man up to where they raised, they raised Moses. And I've seen this happen. I've seen people raise up Don Fortner way further than they should have. I've seen people raise up Gene Harmon way more than they should have. I hope no one ever raises me up that high. They're going to be so sorely disappointed. We're just men. But there's one whose faithfulness is better than anybody that I could mention their name of right now. Don Fortner was a faithful preacher, wasn't he? Did he not stand before us, you and I, all those years and preach the gospel? Did we not, did we not as, as noble Bereans, check the word to see if what he spoke was true? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We could call him faithful to the gospel, couldn't we? Well, that's what they did with Moses. But folks, 
They're just men. There's somebody better than that. There's one who is more faithful than that. Isn't that what we've been studying in this book of Hebrews? One who is better? One who is better in sacrificing as a sacrifice? One who is better as a high priest? One who is better than the angels himself as we read in chapter 1? Well, that's what today's message is all about. It's about one who is more faithful. One who is so faithful, so perfect in everything he did. We can trust him. We can rely on what he's done. We can rely on what he said to us. If he says, you who know me will hear my voice, we know that those who will belong to him will hear his voice, don't we? We know that if we hear his voice, it's because of him, do we not? Christ is God's perfect servant. Completely perfect and obedient in all things. Moses was a typical was a, was a type of or a typical and representative of Christ. He was he was typical as a deliverer. Christ was a better deliverer, was he not? Moses was typical to the people as as the one who would deliver them from the bondage of sin, deliver them from the bondage of Egypt, the world. Is not Christ better? Oh, in so many, many, many ways. The point the writer is making here is the fact that Christ is far greater and far more glorious than even Moses could be. Moses was faithful to the trust and responsibility that was put upon him by God. The whole house of Israel was committed to his charge and care. Let me ask you, let me, let, me, let me make this statement. So too is Christ over us. Christ was appointed. He was sent of God. Isn't that what we're reading there in our, in our, in our text in Hebrews? Who was faithful to him that appointed, that chose him. He's faithful to you and I, the house of Israel. He's committed. He's been committed to our. To, we've been committed to His charge and to His care. So He too is faithful as our mediator and our surety. He's got all of God's elect in His hands, and we can trust Him. We can trust His hands because we can trust Him from eternity. Listen to Ephesians chapter one, verse twelve that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. When did God first trust in his son? When they made that pact? When they made that covenant? When they made that agreement? God the Father would give a people to his son. God the Son would save those people from their sins. He would purify them. He would redeem them. He would sanctify them. He would justify them. He would do whatever it took that they may spend eternity with God the Father in heaven. As our surety, he became responsible for us to bring us to glory. Isn't that what we read in Matthew 121? He shall save his people from their sins. Isn't that what we were looking at in our Friday night Bible study? In the names, we shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people. 
the good shepherd will bring all of his sheep safely into the fold, is what we read in John chapter 10, verse 16, where he says, Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. That's our surety. The very one who declares he must bring his other sheep, and they shall hear my voice, it says, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Folks, God cannot fail. That sign over there in the walkway, I put that out on Facebook. I, Shelley had mentioned something about coming to the church there in Madisonville and hearing the truth, and I, I, I just couldn't help it. I had to add to her little post that she put on there that statement. If your if you're preachers, or if your God is trying, then your preacher is lying. Folks, the God of Scripture doesn't try to do anything. He does whatsoever he pleases. He's not waiting on you to do something to receive his glory. He's coming to us when we were dead and trespasses in sin and unable to do anything and giving us his glory. why we say we love him because he first loved us God does not fail and the son of God is faithful in everything that he does our Lord Jesus Christ shall accomplish all that he was given to do turn over to Isaiah chapter 42 I want to look at a couple of scriptures here in Isaiah chapter 42 we read verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 42 we read behold my servant whom I uphold mine elect in whom my soul delighteth I have put my spirit upon him he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles he shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment and the truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isle shall wait for his law. Thus saith God, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, the spirit to them that walk therein. Now let's look at one more, if you would. Turn over to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We're talking about the God who cannot fail. The true and living God. The only God who cannot fail. John chapter 6, beginning at verse 37. John 6, beginning at verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. This is the one who shall not fail. 
This is the one who cannot fail. The one who is perfect. Everything he has done was uh, pleasing unto the Father. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Here we come, right back to that sent me part. The one who is faithful to the one who sent him. Verse 39, And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, this, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. God does not fail. The Son of God is faithful in all that he did. He was faithful in becoming flesh. He was faithful in walking this world. He was faithful in going to the cross and shedding his own blood. He was faithful in being raised from the dead, and he is faithful right now sitting on his throne. Inter, inter, making intercession for those that he has loved. The word faithful means trustworthy, trustful, believing, faithfully, sure and true. In Isaiah 25:1, we read these words, O Lord, thou art my God, I will exalt thee, I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things, thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. I was talking with somebody, you know, all, oh, I know who it was, Clay. By the way, Clay Curtis sends his love. He texted me this morning before the sun was even up. He was getting ready to go into services, and he, he just wanted to tell me he loved me. Just pray for me, let me know we were praying for us here. and Can't wait to see us in, in uh, uh, July or June. Can't wait to see us. We were talking about... The things the Lord had told Israel, if you do, I will do this. You know, the world loves to take those things out of Scripture and say, see here. See here. God didn't fulfill that. He said he was going to do something. The point they're missing is, is that Israel didn't do what they were supposed to do. You know how that applies to you and I? We don't do what we're supposed to do right now. But he who is faithful in everything that was promised has done it for us. Our substitute has done it for us. Thy counsels, it said in Isaiah 25, <laughs> of old are faithfulness and truth. Listen to Psalms 119, verse 75. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. David was writing about an affliction. He knew where that affliction was from, and he knew that it was Christ being faithful to his word. Turn over to Psalms 89. Psalms 89. In 
Psalms 89, we begin reading at verse 15. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. Now that horn is speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Lord is our defense, and the Holy One of Israel is our King. Then thou speakest in a vision to, the whole, to thy Holy One, and saidest, I have laid help upon one that is mighty. I have exalted one chosen out of the people. I have found David, my servant, with my holy oil. I have anointed him with whom my hand shall be established. Mine arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not exact upon him, nor the son of the wickedness afflict him. And I will beat down his foes before his face and plague them that hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. Folks, our Lord's faithfulness and his mercy shall be with his people. Turn over to Revelation 21, and we'll bring this to a close. Revelation, verse chapter 21, that's all the second to the last chapter there. Look at, beginning at verse 1, if you would, with me. Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Folks, everything that we read in this love letter to you and I, because that's what this is, this is a love letter to God's people. God's not speaking to the world out of this book. He's speaking to his people. The world has taken this book and twisted the words in it to fit what they think is right. To fit what they think is the way things should be. God's people take this word, this love letter to us, as it is. He who is faithful. Great is his faithfulness. Amen.